This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. With Russian troops preparing for a potential invasion of Ukraine, President Zelensky of Ukraine, citing Western intelligence, announced that that invasion could occur this week. He did, however, quickly walk back those comments and aides claimed he was joking. Meantime, it could be real. Back home, the Durham probe, the John Durham probe, has once again picked up steam and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, former Democratic nominee, finds herself in the crosshairs, or at least her campaign. For this and more, we bring in our panel. We're joined by Fox News congressional correspondent Chad Pergram, former South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy, and former Tennessee Congressman Harold Ford Jr. Uh, Harold, you know, this Ukraine situation, it seems like Congress is not going to act outside of the administration. seems like any efforts to get... um, sanctions separate of that are have been kind of put on hold uh, and now we just don't know what putin is going to do and we have to wait uh, day after day saying this might be imminent so brett i think a, a couple of things i think you have to give i think there are two or three elements we got to look at here one uh you've raised all three of them but one is what the administration is i think that we have to give them some credit here and should be rooting for them as Americans because I think they've been able to assemble uh, a strong and sturdy coalition with a consistent message to the Russians that you don't violate a sovereign nation. There may be some different motivations on the parts of some of our allies, but we're all we're all in this together. Two, as a part of that, I think the administration, which I think is helping its credibility in Congress on both sides of the aisle, uh, is making clear uh, that the distribution of energy that is really the bedrock and predicate for the Russian economy uh, will face uh, incredible headwinds, if not uh, a turnoff, uh, a literal turnoff, if they if they violate uh, these sovereign lines. Uh, three, I think the ideas around you know uh, giving giving Putin room to exercise, giving Putin room when I say exercise, exercise diplomatically. I think the administration has been smart. I, I, you know, I disagree with those who think that we should preemptively place sanctions on the country. I, I think that, that the White House and that diplomatic and the national security team there is thinking about this and uh, has thought about this in a smart way, continues to think about it in a smart way, and more importantly, is executing in a smart way. Um, I feel better about this than I did two or three days ago. I see experts uh, on our network and others 
uh, discussing how they think that the that that the invasion is imminent on one day or one hour of a day, and then the latter part of the day they don't think so. I think it 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 gives it, it certainly gives light and illumination to the to the notion that uh, this is a fluid situation uh, and one that I think the administration up to this point seems to be managing uh, in a way that that is that is not causing an invasion and in a way that I think is strengthening the coalition that we have with us. And Chad, there is a hunger on the Republican side, at least, and some Democrats uh, to move those sanctions forward. But it seems like the administration has has gotten at least a sign off that let us do our thing and and then we'll go from there. There's a reason there is no sanctions bill, and they've jawboned this for several weeks here, because if they had a bipartisan agreement, they would have passed something. Mitch McConnell, uh, the Senate Minority Leader, just this afternoon said, we hope the administration will not wait to screw, uh, turn the screws and put some real pressure on the Russians, otherwise it's too late. The other thing that Mitch McConnell said is that he doesn't think that Russia would have moved as aggressively and been right up to the border of Ukraine had there not been a chaotic exit from Afghanistan last summer. In fact, Joni Ernst, the Republican senator from Iowa, she predicted this to be Afghanistan 2.0. She said if they don't get the Americans out. So, you know, obviously you have some politics infused into this. But we heard after a briefing just a couple of weeks ago that we thought that they were on the one yard line. That was the word from the Senate Foreign Relations Committee chairman, Bob Menendez. I don't know how many downs they have here, but if they were on the one yard line and they're still running the play clock here, they have not gotten anything done and going to be ex post facto at the end of the day if Russia, in fact, invades. Even the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said last week to a question I posed to him, I said, you know, the horse is out of the barn here. He said, well, the idea of having the sanctions in place is to deter war. That doesn't seem to be the case. And one other key point here, you're starting to see this back and forth about Russia. Are they actually going to invade? Are they going to talk peace? Are they going to come to the bargaining table? We have seen with the Russians time and time again that they do the same thing. They talk peace and make war sometimes at the same time. Right. And Trey, it seems like Putin is controlling the cards here. He's doing, saying he's going, he hasn't said he's going in, but he's saying he's positioning forces and then kind of negotiating and seeing each Western leader. Uh, it, it seems with a not great deck as far as what his country faces day to day, he is steering a lot of the world's conversation. Uh, Brett, I think that you are 100% correct. I was in the minority on this one, which doesn't mean I was wrong. It just means I was lonely. I never thought Russia was going to invade Ukraine because they don't have to. They are dominating the world conversation without setting a single soldier on Ukrainian soul. They appear to be on equal footing with the world's greatest superpower. I mean, they've got us. I mean, they are dominating the news here and they have exposed fissures within NATO. So no, they have not expanded their geographical footprint, but they have expanded their perceived relevance. And so I think he has accomplished his mission, no sanctions, no invasion, and he got what he wanted. We'll hear what they have to say after this. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let me turn to the Durham investigation quickly. Uh, Chad, this, you know, we've been waiting for a long time, and this latest filing, depending on who you talk to, um, seems significant, at least another uh, move down the road here about what the Clinton campaign may have been doing. 
how is it sitting on Capitol Hill? And obviously, the partisan depends on what aisle you sit on, uh, how you look at it. That's right. Well, Republicans obviously jumped on this right away. I was struck by Kevin Kramer, the Republican senator from North Dakota, uh, who said, you, you know, the idea that we've had, you know, people constantly referring to this Russian collusion here with former President Trump. He said, quote, this makes Democrats look bad. It makes Hillary Clinton look bad. And he said, I think it's time to change the narrative and give equal time to the scandal that is the Democratic Party. Again, this is Kevin Kramer talking here and Hillary Clinton and the Russian collusion lie about Donald Trump and turn to the Russian collusion truth about Hillary Clinton. So Republicans are onto this right away. And this is where I, I think had the House of Representatives been in session, it would have been very interesting to hear from Adam Schiff, uh, the chair of the Intelligence Committee. He is actually on what we call a congressional delegation overseas trip to Israel and Munich right now, but to question him what he thinks of this. Obviously, you know, nothing, we've not gotten any, you know, nuts and bolts out of this yet though. And remember, I remember during the hearings for President Trump's first impeachment trial, this is in December of 19, hearing from people that the Durham thing was going to drop any minute here. And so here we are, you know, in February of 2022, and we're still not quite there. This takes it a little further down the field, but we don't know that much more just yet. But Trey, when you read this filing, and remember there is a grand jury involved here, and there is a long process, uh, it suggests that the Clinton campaign may have been trying to or was trying to infiltrate or get into computers, not only at Trump Tower, uh, but also it seems like at or around the White House. When you read it, it's it's kind of striking uh, where it goes and what exactly it means. I don't think we fully understand. Yeah, Brad, I'll put it on even simpler terms in case we were talking to a South Carolina jury. Uh, the Clinton campaign was doing exactly what it was accusing the Trump campaign of doing. Um, and, and there are a couple of points that I think are, are, are really significant. Number one, what used to be the world's premier law enforcement agency was exposed as either a witting or unwitting stooge for a political party. I mean, do you think, Brett, that you or Chad or Harold or I could get a meeting with the top lawyer at the FBI? He's not even an agent. He's the top lawyer we can't get a meeting with a field agent in Topeka, Kansas, much less James Baker, but they did. The Bureau got played. Uh, politics once again infected that agency. Uh, not only was the Clinton campaign colluding with Russia and Russian sources for disinformation on Trump, they were engaging in the very activity that launched this entire narrative. Remember, it was the hacking of the DNC server, and it was the accessing of John Podesta's emails, and it turns out that the Clinton campaign was doing exactly what they were accusing the Trump campaign of doing. And, and my last point is this, and I say this sadly, Brett, and it actually, you would be an exception to this rule, but, but we live in a world now where if you watch one channel, you see a lot about the Durham report, but you don't see much about presidential records uh, and complying with them. And if you watch other channels, you see all about the president and Mar-a-Lago and records, but you don't hear anything about John Durham. So God bless you, Brett Baer, for being one of the few people who's actually willing to ask both sides tough questions about their double standards. Yeah. Uh, Harold, this seems like it's pretty egregious. I don't know that we know where Durham is going, but it, it feels like it's a bigger deal. And yet, to Trey's point, you know, depending on what you're watching, 
it's not a big deal. Well, not only is it not a big deal, it's not even a deal. Uh, yeah. it's, not, it's not being uh, touched, on, touched on at all. I echo uh, uh, Trey's point, uh, particularly about, about you and how you're addressing this. Look, if, if this is true, uh, what, what, what has come out in these filings, I don't know if things are being leaked or not leaked, uh, but if this is true, uh, elements of this are true, not just with the lawyers, but if, you know, there's been no, rep, there's been no evidence to suggest that the Clinton campaign directed this or knew of this, uh, or that she rather knew of this or directed this. But if, if, the, if, if this is true and it leads its way to, to the campaign or to her more definitively, Mrs. Clinton, uh, this is as disturbing as any of the allegations that we've heard over the last four to six years and is disturbing, if not more so than this notion of presidential record. So I, I've said, I say it on your show, I've said it on others. Uh, the evidence will, will guide us here and the chips will fall where, where the evidence leads us. And I'll be as curious as anyone to see what uh, the filings and what the allegations, uh, how they're how they uh, how are they they're defended and how a jury perceives them. And we'll follow all of it on all sides. Uh, thanks, guys. Now for a bit of history. On February fifteenth, eighteen ninety-eight, an explosion in Havana Harbor sank the USS Maine, killing two hundred Americans. Some newspapers in the United States claimed the Spanish were responsible for the sinking, and the event was a major catalyst to the outbreak of the Spanish-American War, which began with Cuba's fight for independence from Spain. That will do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Chad, Trey, and Harold, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.